0: All right, we welcome in the fan at a minute after six. And as you just heard Bob Useless say, what a busy day it's going to be tomorrow. Bizarrely busy for this time of year, because this time of year can be very slow. When you're pre-Super Bowl and you don't have a team in it, this can be a very slow uh, kind of time. In the old days, we always obviously, you know, ran... The Super Bowl contest this whole week, I mean, that was, you know, in the old days every day and, you know, in the days when before Super Bowl tickets became so outrageously expensive and getting, spot, you know, getting pass-throughs to the game where you could actually give away the trips before that became a nightmare, which it has become. And listen, the game has changed from that standpoint so radically. The ticket prices are the face value of tickets are outrageous now. But what happened is the NFL cut out the middleman. They knew the tickets were being scalped to the moon, and they said no more. They said we're going to raise the price of the tickets ourselves, and we're going to control the tickets a lot better, and that's what they do now so the tickets don't move around like they used to, and it's a very tough ticket now to the game, and it's a very expensive trip to the game, which is why you see a lot of media companies not even sending people to the games anymore because Radio Rose changed. Now that has changed completely too from the days when Dog and I were the only people there and we got everybody on, and we got you know, coaches on on Friday, GMs on on Friday, you know, uh, offensive coordinators on Friday, you know, to the times, and John Madden with us. If he was doing the game every Friday, you know, to now, you don't get anybody because of the fact they don't parade him through because there's a circus there. And you have such—I So mean, we could do a lot of time on that, but that's a whole different uh, deal. Bottom line is, uh, interesting night tonight. First, you have the Lakers. I mean, think about it. You have LeBron and James in town. On you know back to back nights, that's a, that's a big deal when you think about it. I mean, how often is that ever going to happen? Where you got them, you know, here one night and then here the next night. So I mean, that's crazy to begin with. And I know the Nets have got to be thinking, you know, what what did we do to deserve this schedule? I mean, Utah, which is playing great, then at Philly, then Milwaukee, then Philly, and now the Lakers. So, I mean, they haven't won any of the four, and now here come the Lakers uh, with Davis back and uh, the Laker team doing a heck of a job. They got blown out by the Celts. The Celts brought everybody back for that game. I mean, they brought they brought Walker back. They brought Brown back for that game. Those guys haven't been playing. They had lost to Phoenix on the weekend, and they brought him back for that game against the Lakers the other night, and the Lakers bounced back last night against the Knicks. And now the Nets will try to see if they can hang in there uh, and deal with this Laker team, which is playing – well defensively, still needs another jump shooter, still needs another catch-and-shoot guy with LeBron being the facilitator as he was last night where he said he wanted in the second half after scoring first half was clearly the playmaker in the second half and wanted to get Davis involved. But I got to give credit to a guy that I don't like even a little, and I talked about him yesterday. If you heard the NBA interview I did yesterday, um, Howard has played well for them. He's played well for them. He's been a heck of a rim protector for them, and I, I, I don't like Howard even a little. I, I, there's no player like Les. And he's done a good job there. So has McGee. Um, Danny Green. When you put LeBron on there, you got a heck of a defensive team. And then even Pope's played well. I, so they've had some guys really step in and play well. And LeBron, who's got his scoring average down a little bit, you know, down down a little bit, down to 25 and change. You know, not going to score as many points anymore, but still averaging 11 assists a game. So, uh and doing the things that that LeBron does. So the Lakers try to they're here again. So you could actually if you had some tickets and you were made it a motivation, you could have seen LeBron, on, you know, here in back-to-back nights. You know, if you'd uh, given it some thought, back-to-back nights. How often are you going to do that? Unless it's a playoff series. See him on back-to-back evenings. Uh, so that's that's rather rare as a matter of fact. So that's going on this evening. Um, and as we said, very, very big day tomorrow on the fan. 11 o'clock press conference for the Giants as they say goodbye to Eli Manning as they finally move on and Eli moves on. And I know a lot of people are wondering about Eli's future. I wouldn't worry much about Eli's future. Eli doesn't want to coach. I don't see him as a coach. Um, who knows if any of these players ever get an opportunity to get into ownership. I think if they do, they're going to jump at it, because that's a way to make a lot of money. But he's made a lot of money. I'm sure they've done very well. they have, as a matter of we know they have, with their money. Uh, he's, in terms of overall salary, one of the highest paid c- considering the era, and 16 years, you know, he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks of all time. Um, so he's got plenty of money. And a nice family, and he doesn't want to be a football coach because these guys don't want to. They don't want to put in the time, and he's not a broadcaster. So who knows where he's going to do for his life? Well, I'll let let him figure that out, and uh, we just wish him a long and healthy and happy life. That's what uh, we wish for him as he uh, moves on to the other part of his life where he's still a young man uh, and get ready to do whatever he's going to do now that he has uh, said goodbye to his. Playing career tomorrow with the football giants as they begin a new era. And hey, they have a, you know, I keep hearing, oh, the giants are in great shape. I don't know why they're in great shape. To me, they have a lot of holes to fill. And yes, you know, you don't want to stay down there picking in this draft at this draft spot again, year after year after year, down there in the top five, picking players every year. They've been down there for a couple of years now. Uh, and, you know, you're going to pick some good players if you're down there every year picking like that. I mean, the Giants won nine games in the last two years. I mean, the Giants for the last three years have been one of the worst teams in the league. If, if they've been basically as bad as any team in the league. So they have a whole lot of work to do. And to me, a lot of questions to answer. They need to refortify, finally refortify once and for all that offensive line. Look at what the Niners have done. Look at what John Lynch has done with that franchise. And yes, he went out. And I remember a lot of fans argued with me about Garoppolo, that they overpaid for him. And I said, when you go get your quarterback, the question will, it will be that they didn't overpay for him if they're a couple of years from now getting ready for a championship game and they're getting ready for a Super Bowl. And I understand Garoppolo hasn't had to throw a lot of passes the last couple of weeks. He didn't look great in the Minnesota game. And he didn't have to throw the ball a lot in the Green Bay game. But Garoppolo this year, and since he's been the quarterback there, all he has done when he's been behind center is win games. That's all he's done is win games. And Bill Belichick wanted badly to keep Garoppolo as his future quarterback in New England. He couldn't get him to agree to a contract. His first contract was up, and he wanted to get paid even though he was not yet the quarterback. And if he was going to wait, he wanted to get paid, and they couldn't pull it off, so they had to deal him. And it became a little bit of an issue there, so he had to leave. And leave he did, and he found his own team, and now that team is one game away from a championship. And let's be honest, you know it as well as I do. Garoppolo is going to have to throw the ball this week to win this game. He's not going to win this game with five passes. It's not going to happen. So um, they're going to win this game. They're going to throw the ball a little bit. They have plenty of weapons to do it. As a matter of fact, San Francisco has done a great job with that roster, building the infrastructure with what they've built with a defensive line they have. Guys like Bosa, and Bosa's defensive rookie of the year, beating out Allen, who... The Giants could have gotten Allen and Daniel Jones. They could say they couldn't have, but they could have easily. And uh, Allen wound up with 10 and a half sacks. Bosa wound up with 12 in the regular season, 3 in the postseason. And they have major, major pass rushers. They are a tremendous front four and have some very, very talented and very quick players on defense. The one thing you want to watch there is they are susceptible Okay. Number one, I would not be, as you saw on the one play when they beat him down the field, 65 yards. I would not be opposed. And I don't think the Chiefs will. And watch for this, Andy Reid. uh, Watch for this, Andy Reid game plan. It's going to be fascinating. Fascinating to watch. But uh, the. The ability to attack and and and, and attacking the nine of secondary is going to be fascinating because people stay away from sherman, uh, sherman but i wouldn't i would not I would not automatically do that with the speed and i don 't think the chiefs will i't i don 't I don't think they will plus when you look at it the they 've had trouble at the other corner, and when you pose uh, the kind of speed and the kind of weapons that the that the Chiefs do, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens if he's given some time, which will be the key, obviously. But if he's given some time, how they are able to handle it and deal with what goes on there uh, with the, the Niners secondary. Because obviously Sherman's there, but uh, they've had a... You know, Mosley played much better, and I don't even know why they fooled Witherspoon, because when they put Witherspoon in there, he got torched. But you're going to need to have three corners on the on the field a lot against this Chief speed, and they are going to expose guys in that secondary. The question is, does Mahomes find spots where he can throw it, slide and throw, move and throw, do the things he has to do with his legs to get time, or can he even stand back there and throw? Because if he has time to throw, they are going to, They're going to cause trouble for anybody. And I like that matchup for them in a big way. But the key, obviously, is how their offensive line handles uh, that pass rush, which is just terrific. And when they have Ford and Bosa healthy, their pass rush has gone to an insane level this year. It's been one of the best ones in the last 10 years in the league when they have those guys healthy, and they have them now. So they have a chance to put forth a very... uh, very explosive pass rush, and it's going to be a fascinating chess game there. And on conversely, how well Kansas City does in slowing down that, that running game, which was so prevalent and so powerful for the Niners the last couple of weeks. And, you know, that's father to son. That's Shanahan's running game. That's Mike Shanahan's running game handed down to Kyle Shanahan, and you have a uh, very potent running game that tries to dominate in every fashion and really just take the heart out of the defense. And they did that. And you heard LaFleur making comments about how he thought the defense was badly outcoached by the Niners, which I'm sure didn't sit well with some coaches in, in Green Bay. All right, we're back. Uh, as we take you up until Steve Summers at 6.30. So, again, we said a unusually busy day on a Friday, the first Friday with no football as you get the bye week this weekend. But a... Really crazy day tomorrow with the Eli Manning uh, press conference, the retirement press conference at eleven on the fan, and then uh, later on in the afternoon, you will usher in the Mets' second manager and hopefully final one of this off season. I don't think we're looking for the hat trick, so I think uh, the second one as uh, Luis Rojas will meet the media and become uh, the manager of the Mets. Now that uh, Belchon has uh, you know headed to parts unknown, Uh, still a very strange couple of weeks when you think about it and everything that unfolded there. Really uh, extremely, extremely uh, weird what went on uh, in that regard. And uh, uh, when you think about it, um, you wonder how much impact he would have had because the one thing that he did have was presence and what he did have was this... Uh, ability to draw people to the team. He was uh, going to be a very accomplished recruiter of players. I don't think there's any question about it. Even Batanza said he went there because of Beltran. So, I mean, uh, that I think was going to be lost. That would have been a positive. Uh, a now, doesn't mean guys won't show up. If you pay them enough, they will. And now with a uh, well-heeled, an extremely well-heeled, aggressive new owner about ready to get involved uh, in the near future, they may be far more aggressive. Just look how, look how aggressive Carolina has become. I mean, think of the Carolina franchise and then realize how aggressive the Carolina fan, uh, franchise has become with a Wall Street guy in place in Tepper. Uh, and now you have a guy who is known to be even more aggressive and you know, has even been considered a bigger player so, from that standpoint, as you see these guys, whether it is um, having guys like with the Clippers or certain guys around the league, when you see these guys come in from these uh, Wall Street billionaires who have come in and they have so much money I mean, crazy money, I mean, outrageous money that they will take a very aggressive stance because they really want to up the value of their franchise and they think the best way to do that is to uh raise the stature of it publicly and also bring in those kind of players so you're going to have these guys go after what they want you know that's going that's going to be fascinating to watch and i think the brady thing is going to be much more fascinating to watch than we originally thought because uh it sounds like he's going to be even more steadfast about getting paid. And that is going to be something that is not going to be an easy thing for the Pats to swallow. They have not been built that way. That's not been a premise of theirs. But are they ready to move on at that position and stay competitive? Or are they willing to take a step back? Now, I'm sure they're not willing to take a major step back, but are they willing to take a step back in terms of knowing that it's going to take them a year or two to consolidate Before they make their next run, you know, that's not going to be an easy time for them to do that, especially at this at this stage of where Belichick is, where Kraft is, because they're not young men. So from that standpoint, if they had if they had made that move, say, 10 years ago, after a host of Super Bowls had decided, hey, this is the time for us to reload and be in a position for the next, you know. 10, 15 years. Now, to do that at this stage and take that couple of year hiatus where they need to not break down, but say goodbye to some guys who make a lot of money, both sides of the ball, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You know, right now, they've said goodbye already to the offensive guys in a lot of ways. The one thing to watch is, I told you, there's three parts to that as to whether the, the era ends, because a lot of people have, have talked about the era ending. The era ends if you see Brady go, obviously. See those key defensive guys that you've come to watch and respect. If you see them start to depart, a couple of them. Or if you see Dante Skarniecki retire, they can lose all these guys. They can lose any of them. None of them will impact that team, and you've seen it time and time again. They've been able to replace assistants and hit the ground running. They cannot replace the other Hall of Fame coaching talent on that team, and that is Skarnecchia. And when they were having problems, what'd they do? They pulled them out of retirement last time, and then went on another big run. They, that will signal An enormous change in philosophy, an enormous change in performance if he leaves the team. Because nobody knows more than Belichick how good that guy is. I mean, they've known it up there forever. I mean, they rave about him. They have raved about him for a generation. And I'm telling you, he's, in those circles up there, he's considered on the same level as Parcells and Belichick as coaches. They actually think of him in that vein, that he's that good. He could have been a head coach in this league. He could have been a head coach many times over. He liked his life. He liked the idea of staying in one place. He's very much a family guy. He didn't want to move. He didn't. Want, he liked it where he was. He didn't need the. He just didn't, didn't need the limelight. Didn't need the attention. Didn't need the team. He had his place, and he was very well revered. He was taken care of. He got whatever he wanted, and you know he was treated with a reverence that very few assistants get. I mean, they're not treated that way. It is known far and wide up there how good he is. And if he leaves and he goes back to hang around with the grandkids, which he did once, he does that. That is an enormous signal. And while everyone talks about the charges and the idea of future ownership, and a couple people have said Indianapolis because, hey, they have offensive linemen. They have uh, a very good core nucleus that if he could step into running game, wide receivers, etc., do not discount the idea of if it was a one-year thing and he wanted to win Tennessee because he and Vrabel are very close. Now, I don't know what that means for Hill in the future, but if you get Tom Brady to step into a team where you have Henry, you have an offensive line, and you have the ability to protect him, and you have a big back for him to be able to throw play action off, and you have Vrabel who is very close to Tom, that, that could be an interesting landing spot. If there's going to be a landing spot, and I still think he's going to be back in New England, but if he's not, do not discount the idea of Tennessee being in the mix because of his relationship with Fabel and what they present. You know, he and Henry behind a good offensive line with Brown and some of the other weapons they have, that could be a, you know, how far are they away? They, they went and played in a championship game this year they do not that far to go. Now they add a, a Brady to that. That could be a fascinating, fascinating uh, possibility. Should it come to that? Let's see if it does. But that's going to be a crazy couple of weeks because of the idea. There's a, a lot of players there. Most of them will be franchised. But in the Brady case, it's going to be fascinating to watch. And also what happens to a couple of these other prominent quarterbacks who have some age on them. And where they wind up, and how these teams play it, and what they're thinking about in their future, where some of them may not have finished the season in, the t- in, in you know, the best of light. You know even Breeze's last game, considering he was so good down the stretch, and the team won without him this year, and then he was so good down the stretch, that last game was not pretty in any way. He, 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 did, he looked every bit of 40 years old. As a matter of fact, he was the second best quarterback for his team that day. Any way you look at it, he was. So that's something to bear watching too because you have some possibility of some really radical change in the quarterback position this year. And you're going to get it here as we now in full begin the new era for the Giants tomorrow. It is now turned over to a new head coach and to a young quarterback and to a talented running back and the idea that it's time for them to move on and make some real quick leaps. You know, it is not hard to go from four wins to nine wins in this league. It, that is a jump that can be done in one year, the right schedule, the right couple of pieces, that can happen. From there, from nine to 11 or 12 where you get serious, that's not easy. But going from four to nine is something that you should be able to do in a snap by just putting the right pieces in place and getting the right people in place to coach them, putting the right infrastructure together, that should be able to happen. If it doesn't, you're not doing your job. I mean, you've been down there picking at the top of the draft for years now. That's got to end. You know? You're know, you not supposed to stay down there forever. You know, It's not designed for you to stay down there forever. It's designed for you to come up for air and win some games. The giant thing's gotten kind of hideous when you think about it. But tomorrow, Eli first. And then Rojas, a very, very big day, a very telling day, a real kind of change of command day in New York. So whether you're a Mets fan, a Giant fan, or anything in between, it is going to be a very unusual uh, non-football Friday in New York tomorrow uh, to have those kind of moves happening on the same day in a late January setting. Highly unusual, but these are highly unusual times as – they officially say goodbye to Eli and everything he's meant to the franchise. We wish him well. And then, of course, the Mets take in their second swing at a manager in the same offseason after all the craziness that's going on. So to hear the Mets take on all this, to hear uh, what Rojas has to say about the premise of which he's taking the job and everything that is in front of him, inheriting the staff, the challenges, the bullpen, the perception of the whole thing, replacing Beltron, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Going to be fascinating to watch on what will be a, a very busy day. We will see you tomorrow on radio.com at five. We will see you on the fan at six. Enjoy your Thursday night, everybody. Steve Summers is next. We'll see you tomorrow.